Welcome to the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, presented to you by the SGPN Merch Store. Use promo code SGPNBA to get 10% off everything in the SGPN store. And don't forget our B. John Robinson $40 gift card giveaway. We're giving away a $40 gift card to the SGPN Merch Store if you can guess which team drafts B. John Robinson for your free entry. What's going on, guys? We are almost a week away from the NFL draft, 10 days away, and we'll soon know where some of our favorite draft prospects are going to play, which our favorite teams are going to pick, and uh, we're going to talk about the rookies. We're going to do it a little bit different today, and you know, I I put a a poll out there or a a thread out there on on Twitter that said, "What what is the one thing that make you turn off a podcast? And so a lot of people said, like, not getting straight to it. They don't want to hear about our dogs and Arby's and stuff. So let's uh, let's go straight to it, Brad. Don't let's you know go. I had Arby's for lunch today? I, I guess, man. They, they don't want to hear about that. They want to get straight into it. Their time is important. They do not care what your your dog Fido had for, for uh, breakfast this morning. So, oh, let, let, let's get go this back and forth here. with Adam. So let's uh, let's talk about this. So this is the NFL mock draft database. You can go on there. It's got a mock draft simulator. You can do trades and all that stuff. But I love the consensus big boards on here because this gives you consensus rankings. This is not Brad's rankings or my rankings. This is a collective database from all over the all over the country, um, really worldwide, that use you know different mock drafts, pull them in together, and tell us where people are going to go. And right now. Bryce Young is the number one pick. C.J. Stroud, number two. Anthony Richardson is the third quarterback off the board. Will Levis and then Hendon Hooker, followed by Tanner McKee, Jaron Hall, DTR, Clayton Toon, and Aiden Connell. So, uh, Brad, let's let's uh, look at what do you think about Bryce Young going to the Carolina Panthers, which the odds makers in Vegas also agree that is going to be the number one pick. Yeah, it just makes sense to me. I mean, he's the top quarterback on most people's boards. I know I know there are some folks that like C.J. Stroud uh, ahead of him. If you talk about like Dynasty Analyst, our guy Emerson, uh, I know he likes him. I know Bruni definitely likes him way more than Bryce Young. He's very concerned with Bryce's size. I, however, am not concerned with Bryce Young's size. I think he is the far superior quarterback uh, just from a processing perspective, uh, being able to read the field perspective, he's accurate. Uh, yes, he's slight of frame, but I'm not super worried about that because he's been slight of frame his entire career in Alabama, and he's never really had that major injury concern. So I expect that to kind of transition over to the NFL as well. I think he's clear-cut number one and makes the most sense for the Carolina Panthers at number one. Yeah, and so C.J. Stroud then goes to the Houston Texans at number two. There are people that are saying, and Adam Schefter came out today saying that the the Texans are not going to go quarterback at number two. I I think that his source is the Arizona Cardinals that are trying to get somebody to pay up to jump ahead of the Indianapolis Colts. It makes absolutely no sense. 
And I said this on the show last time. I don't care if CJ Stroud is your 32nd ranked player. You take him at number two. You do not trade back and get cute, or you're going to end up with another year of Davis Mills on your team, or you're going to end up having to draft Tanner McKee and hoping you can you can make it work. You you do not you don't want to pick at number two every year. Um, and, and even if you're trying to tank for Caleb Williams, like I just doesn't make any sense at all for the Houston Texans to pass up on quarterback here unless they trade back. If they trade back, okay. Let's go tank for uh, you know tank for Caleb Williams. But if you go go here and stick and pick and take Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, makes no sense to me whatsoever. Let me guys you know think if I if I'm wrong, let me know. Um, Anthony Richardson at four um, to the Indianapolis Colts. Brad, if this is how it goes, Young to the Panthers, Stroud to Texans, Anthony Richardson to the Colts. Does that change where you rank Anthony Richardson? Nope. I still got him, uh, quite frankly, at number five on my board. Um, e- even at the Colts, I still believe he's so raw of a prospect that Gardner Minshew is going to keep him on the bench for the majority of the first season. Gardner Minshew is a, a solid quarterback. I'm not going to say a good quarterback, but solid. He's a guy that can run the offense. He's a guy that can do things for you. And I don't think they're going to be forced and feel this pressure to get Anthony Richardson on the field early and often because he just is going to need some coaching up to be really ready at the NFL level. So I'm still not shifting him up my, up my board at all with really any landing spot, to be completely honest. So it's kind of unfair for me to answer that question. So I'm going to I'm going to reflect it back to you. Does he move in your rankings if he goes to the Indianapolis Colts at 40? He he would. I mean, you don't have to be a day one starter to move up in my my dynasty fantasy football rankings. If you look, Justin Herbert was not projected to be the starter. People slept on him. Let him fall to me at 10. Thank you very much. You got uh Josh Hello. Allen, also Tyrod Taylor. Um he was not projected <laughs> to be the starter. And he ended up – those are two of the top guys. Patrick Davis Mahomes. Mills, Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you got Patrick Mahomes. If people, you know, got Patrick Mahomes at the, you know, the 10 spot, 12 spot in their rookie drafts, they're, I mean, they're so lucky. And so Jalen Hurts. If you look at all of the top prospects, they weren't day one starters. And it doesn't – you don't have to be a day one starter. Does that mean if you're not a day one starter that you're going to be better? No, but I, I mean, you're going to have like, like Kenny Pickett last year. He, he pretty much started the whole year. He, he, most of the year he was kind of worthless for fantasy. And so we're back to where, okay, well now he's going to start this year for sure. Okay. Well, you know, so Trey Lance is a guy that, you know, people knew he was going to be the backup and they still moved him up to three. I mean, Justin Fields had a more clear path behind Andy Dalton, and he didn't move too far up. But um, so I, I would still move. I'd move him up. I wouldn't go and change like too much. Like I wouldn't put Anthony Richardson my one. Well, I still just, wouldn't put him. There's up. more tape on all of those guys, right? Every one of those guys that you talked about that fell a little bit in dynasty rookie drafts that you were able to grab at the 108 to 111 or whatever, wherever it was in, in that draft. They had a lot more positive things on tape as a quarterback 
not necessarily just an athlete, right? There are definitely some athletes in that group when you talk Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields, but there was a lot more passing and throwing tape that you could evaluate to make that determination where that's just not there for Anthony Richardson right now. Well, I mean, it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't there for Trey Lance and the verdict is still out on him. It was not there for Josh Allen. I also did like Trey Lance, so. And it wasn't there for Josh Allen. So, I mean, I see him very much in line with Trey Lance, so I can understand sticking to the brand. Not, I, I can imagine he's not a bourbon dude, uh, a guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, you all, you you gotta like. I like the situation going to the Colts with Shane Steichen. I do believe in Steichen, and I think if him or Will Levis go there, it's gonna be a better situation. I, I like, you know, Pittman, Alec Pierce, to Isaiah McKenzie. You got Jonathan Taylor, decent offensive line. They, they got to fix that left tackle spot, but it's a decent, decent spot. And uh, it's not much worse than going to Carolina or Houston, but you have a guy that literally just worked with just with Jalen hurts and all the success we had in that offense. And uh, I, I think, you know, Gardner ministry probably plays most of the year. And uh, you're going to have to take your lumps with Anthony Richardson and not, you know, take much you know from him year one. What do you think about Will Levis to the Titans? I love it. I, I almost feel like, and I don't remember exactly who my comp was, but I think it may have been Ryan Tannehill because he does kind of relate in that regard, right? You think about Ryan Tannehill. He went in the top, I think the top 15 in the NFL draft. You're looking at number nine here for Will Levis. That bigger frame quarterback with the arm. Got a little bit of rushing upside, but not a rushing quarterback by any shape of the imagination. So I like the fit where Will Levis can maybe sit behind a little bit of Ryan Tannehill for half the season, but then kind of maybe step in post-bye week uh, where we see a lot of the transition happen for the rookies post that bye week. I like the landing spot, especially if they can add some more offensive weapons and some youth around him. They've got Traylon Burks coming into his second season. If they might be able to add another wide receiver like a Zay Flowers or a Jordan Addison or something like that uh, in the in the first or second round, I think that'd be a huge thing for him as well to grow into. So I kind of like that landing spot uh, for a guy like Will Levis and his skill set. Yeah, and so uh, if this were the landing spot for Hennon Hooker and he's a second-round pick, which second-round quarterbacks just don't happen often. Usually, if, if he's good enough for the, the top of the second round, you take him at the end of the first round, get that extra year. You don't see a lot of second-round quarterbacks anymore, either Derek Carrs, and Andy Daltons. But if Hennon Hooker goes to the Lions, it's not you know it's not a bad spot. Um, it's it like could potentially be a great spot, but it, it's not a you know, it's not a very clear path to taking over for, you know, Jared Goff next year. And don't get me wrong, a year ago, if you talked to me, I probably would have said, hey, in a year or two, Jared Goff is, could be on, you know, could be in, the, in the, the backup route here soon. But he played great this year. And that locker room loves him. The coaching staff loves him. It's the NFL can change very quickly. Yeah. But Hen and Hooker going there, it'd be a, a good situation. But again, you're really banking on them moving on from Jared Goff, which doesn't seem like it's happening anytime soon. So um, well, that puts him around some weapons. Jamison Williams, Amon Ross St. Brown, DeAndre Swift, David Montgomery now there. 
Uh, maybe that, you know, we saw some mocks that had them adding some tight ends. If they could get a Sam LaPorter or something like that, like there is, there's a lot of promise with that offense, <clears throat> excuse me, for that offense, for him to sit and just, like you said, watch Jared Goff play. Jared Goff has been a good quarterback through his career. So I think that's a great spot for him to be, to just kind of learn and not feel rushed, be able to really come back healthy from that ACL injury and be ready to go by, you know, next season. Yeah. And, you know, let's, uh, let's wrap the quarterbacks up, but let's not forget to tell everybody about underdog fantasy. We're brought to you by underdog fantasy. The NBA and NHL playoffs are here. And what better way to get down on some prop, some player prop parlays than over at underdog fantasy. Besides daily NHL, NBA, and MLB games, they've also already got NFL best ball drafts with guaranteed half a million dollar in prizes. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. So let's move to the running backs. And so the running backs, obviously, we know who the number one dog is, and that is going to be B. John Robinson. And they got him going to the Dallas Cowboys. Actually just got a DM, said, hey, who are my Cowboys drafting? And I said, well, probably be John Robinson, but uh, I originally had him going for a receiver. Um, the Brandon Cooks trade doesn't put them out of the receiver market, but it puts them less likely day one. And I think they could be a spot for one of those tight ends as well. Um, you're looking at, you know, a Dalton Kincaid or a Michael Mayer or a, a day two tight end that could go over there. But Bijan Robinson to the Cowboys, Brad, how do you feel about that? If you're if, if you're the 101, you have the 101, you're sitting there and Bijan Robinson goes to the Cowboys. How are you feeling? Um, I'm feeling not as excited as I want to, but the saving grace in that is Tony Pollard's on a one-year deal. You don't really have to worry about him eating into the Bijan Robinson shares next season, right? Or in the 2024 season, which I think is a plus. But it's definitely not the upside that you want to see if he goes to, say, Tampa Bay, right, at 19. Or he goes to, uh, we'll say, Minnesota at 23, and they they do a dread. There's a lot of rumors around draft day trades for Dalvin Cook or something like that. You know, I think there are better landing spots for him for this year, but I think long-term, it's still clearly – there's nothing that's moving him out of the 101 unless we see a PFF mock draft like what I did today where he goes to Seattle next to Kenneth Walker, which makes no sense at all, right? So he's clearly locked at the 101 regardless of landing spot, but it does temper my expectations in year one if he goes to Dallas for sure because of the Tony Pollard one-year extension. Yeah, and if you're a Tony Pollard uh, manager – Sorry. Anyone, anyone that traded for Tony Pollard during the the, the fantasy, like the dynasty, or actually the NFL playoffs, sorry, like don't do that. Like don't trade for players that are still playing. I know some people that traded first round pick for Tony Pollard right before he broke his leg. Maddie, sorry, I moved him. <laughs> sorry, Maddie, Maddie. that's you. <laughs> um, you know, but like that kind of stuff is, uh, you know, it's tough. Um. You know, and so anything can happen over the offseason. It's really like picks don't get hurt. Players do. Um, but during the playoffs, that's like the worst time for a dynasty manager. Jameer Gibbs to the Jets. Barf. I mean, that's like talk about like, you know, you you throw the rock, breaks your window. 
then bounces off and breaks your wife's window. She's got Brees Hall. You got the number one pick. You're both sad. And you, yeah, it's just, you know, like, come on. Like, Jameer Gibbs, the, the Jets? Can you click on Jameer Gibbs and forget us some Yeah, let's, let's see spot? some other options for him because that, I, you know, they spent a high second on him before. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Does not make a whole lot of sense. All right, the Buffalo Bills, the Eagles, the Saints, the Cowboys, the Bengals. These all make so much more sense. And so I like the Eagles quite a bit. I do like the Eagles quite a bit. Yeah, you've seen the Eagles quite a bit, pairing them with Rashad Penny. I think that makes just makes too much sense to go in and do this. The the Eagles got two first round picks. Bijan's probably not going to be there at 30. If he's not there, Jameer Gibbs is right there. And I do think that that if you're going to draft a running back in the first round, you don't do it with a bad football team drafting in the top 10. You do it if you're one player away from a Super Bowl. If you're the Bills or the Bengals or the Eagles, I'm totally fine with doing that. You ask me if the Atlanta Falcons or the, the Arizona Cardinals should draft B. John Robinson? No. They, they, they are 12, 15 players away from playoffs. <laughs> and so um, I, I just I think these teams make sense. And Jameer Gibbs, I know they got James Cook in the in the second round last year, and it's kind of like, isn't it similar players? Kind of is. Um, I think that the Bills, you know, could do that. But, you know, at the end of the day, we don't have thunder and lightning like we used to. Like every every backfield was like, again, a big guy and a little guy. You still will see some of that, you know, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, Tony Pollard and Zeke. But you sometimes just get like, two good running backs and you just swap them in and out of the lineup and they just go. And so we could easily see a situation where they bring in James cook and they have Jameer Gibbs and they, you know, and both those guys can, can split out and catch the ball and do a lot of different things. And they could essentially use James cook as a slot receiver. Um, you know, they can do a lot of different things here. And so I like that. Yeah. Where's I think the, the, the Bengals are a dark horse for really any of these running backs in the first or second round with releasing, you know, or, or Samaj P. Ryan not getting re-signed, the, the unknown of the situation with Joe Mixon and his indictment and issues and all that. Um, so I, I, I do like the pick of Jameer Gibbs going to the Cincinnati Bengals also because I think that's kind of later developing and they might – they may have or feel forced to address that position earlier on in the draft than what maybe they wanted to. So uh, let's check back in with the SGPN merch store. Um, We're brought to you by the SGPN merch store. In honor of the NBA playoffs, from now until the end of April, get 10% off anything in the SGPN merch store with when you use the promo code SGPNNBA. SGPNBA. So head over to store.sportsgillingpodcast.com and use the promo code SGPNBA to get 10% off everything. Now, I got the 101 shirt on the way. Brad's already got it. We got all sorts of different things from hats to mugs. We got you covered. SGPN. It's store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com. And don't forget that Bijan Robinson contest. Just guess where Bijan's going to get drafted. And then you can win a $40 gift card to the merch store. So let's There's check out the merch around here, man. Shirts, headbands, canvases, helmets. I, I, I didn't even see the headband. So the next guy on the list is Zach Charbonnet. 
And so, Brad, where is your boy Zach Charbonnet going? Oh, other, dude, I other am, than your dynasty rosters, I am eating it up if he goes to the Chicago Bears. I love that spot. I don't think, and we've talked about this before, I don't think Khalil Herbert is the answer in that backfield. They're not going to re-sign Khalil Herbert. So I think Charbonnet owns that backfield as early, in its totality, as early as the 2024 season, which is what I want to see. A place where he can go and get both rushing and receiving work. I think that pick at Tampa Bay I'm not a huge fan of because Rashad White is a pretty Pretty damn good pass catcher, and I think he'd maintain that role. Seattle, I definitely don't want to see him in Seattle. That kills value. That makes no sense to me with the high draft capital they spent on Kenneth Walker last year. I do obviously like the Bills landing spot as well on paper, right? But we've never seen that number one running back for the Buffalo Bills. It might just not be their philosophy. Right, they may always utilize two or three at times running backs. So I don't think I'd love that landing spot, and I'd quite frankly probably look to try to fade him a little bit if that was the situation. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these spots are, are good for fantasy. I, I, uh, I mean, Tampa Bay is not going to be a good team this year. I just don't think, and I don't think they're going to use a first round pick on a running back. I don't get that. Sorry, dude. Um, Bears, they have way too many needs. I'm going to take a, a running back unless it's a fifth-round pick. They have an entire offensive and defensive line they have to fix, and you don't go and take a running back in the second round and then go and try to put a, a tackle in the fourth round. The replacement value, you can get Kendra Miller, Izzy Avanaconda, a lot of good players in the fourth round. Um, tackles won't be around. Chargers, love it. I mean, they do have that number nine pick to address a tackle. You know, they, they've got an early pick to address. They got, an, they got an early first-round pick, the nine, to get one offensive lineman. They need five. And and then they got they got Chase Claypool at 32. Great pick. And then they got, uh, like, pick 55 or something. And so they're going to get two picks in the top 60. And they have uh, their defensive line is awful. Offensive line is awful. So I don't think the Bears do it, but I know you love Khalil Herbert and can't wait to see him get replaced. Deonta Foreman is also there. You got the Minnesota Vikings. That would be great. I You got the Bengals. That would be great. When I met Charbonnet, I asked him what teams he met with, and he did say he met with the Patriots. He met with the Dolphins. He met with the Vikings and... I can't remember the other team, um, but there was another team that he met with as well. Um, I love that Dolphins landing spot. Man, that was the nice. Bengals. It was the Bengals was the other team. I like that. So, um, let's go see who's next. Who's next on the list? So we got – this is, I mean, kind of like your dynasty rankings. You got – you know, you got – Devon A-Chain was next. I and believe. so, yeah, Dev, yeah, Devin A-Chain right here. Um, who, who's going to him? I, I had him in my mock draft going to the Houston Texans. They need some juice. They're a boring, boring team. And so that's where I have him going. The giants at 25, I would throw up. That is, that'd be an awful pick. <laughs> I, I could really see it with the Broncos. Um, maybe not at 26, but the Broncos 
Sean Payton always have has a guy like this on the roster. So like if a chain or Tajay Spears or somebody like that were to land on the Broncos, it's going to hurt Javante Williams, but it's really going to be good for them. He targets, like he's going to throw 120, 130 targets to the running back position. And if you know, you can get somebody who can get 60 or 70 of those. It's going to be nice. Um, you got the dolphins, um, the lions, the bills, I mean, this guy's, you know, he's a better inside runner than you'd think at that size, but can it translate to the NFL? I'm not sure. He's not my number four running back, but I would not be surprised if he's a number four running back from NFL standards because of his size and receiving ability. Yeah, the the Chiefs thing makes me curious, right? Is it another CEH type situation where he jumps up the board because of the landing spot? And then you end up with disappointment because of that. Or is there some legitimacy where the Chiefs say, hey, we just need weapons right now, right? We got MVS, Kadarius, Tony. We hope Justin Ross can can be what he was as a freshman, but who knows because he's been hurt for like four years in a row. We need weapons, and this guy is a weapon. He can go anywhere on the field and play and be explosive. Totally different circumstances than a CEH from that perspective. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. I don't know that I love it, but I think there's a lot. There would be a ton of hype if Devin A. Chain went to the Kansas City Chiefs. I just want to know who are these people that are putting Devin A. Chain in the first round (laughs) and Zach Charbonnet in the fourth. Pro Football Focus's staff. They must really like the offensive players in this draft. Apparently, it's an all offensive draft where a chain went <laughs> a chain went twenty fifth overall. Yeah. Um, okay, let's see. Then who's the next on the list? Tajay Spears. All right. Yes, it was Tajay Spears. And so, you know, let us know okay. your comments. Who are your top five running backs? Um, I I don't have either of these guys in my top five. Um, they're close. I mean, I'm not completely out on on Spears. I have a Spears ahead of a chain. And so they have him going all over the place, but they have him in the fourth and fifth round. Yep. I, I, I'm that, I don't think that's going to be the case. Is I, that, I, that small school mentality all these mock drafters have, maybe? I guess. I mean, come on. You got – come on, Denny. We got to get some legit some legit mocks out here. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I mean, the Chargers, it'd be like, you know, Eckler's backup. Bengals would be interesting, um, taking that P. Ryan role, taking some of that. You know, remember they had Giovanni Bernard, and he siphoned off a lot of stuff from Joe Mixon. They don't necessarily have to get uh, a bell cow. Like all these, there's a, it's a lot of running backs in this class. There's not a lot of bell cow opportunities out there. But, man, you know, fourth, fifth round, yep. Spears would be an absolute steal. But I like then, the Arizona landing spot. Yeah, Arizona's a great spot. I mean, you're, yep. you're this can be very interesting to see because of the depth of the depth of the class. Some of these fourth and fifth round running backs, it looks like bad draft capital and could very much be. But again, like running backs just keep getting pushed and pushed down the board. And Brees Hall was a second round pick. Yep. You know, and he's pretty pretty dang good player. Absolutely. I, I mean, the fourth round is not, you, know, you think Damon Pierce was pretty, uh, was a pretty immediate start 
in the fourth round. You got guys like Tyler Algier, late round, you know, day three draft capital who produced an enormous amount. Elijah Mitchell, you know, now there was some injuries there for him to fall in, but he did. Guys like Raheem Moster. There's a lot of guys that were late fourth, fifth, even sixth round draft picks that have put together some pretty solid seasons for you. It is not the norm, obviously, but when you see some of these high-talented running backs go in that fourth round, that's kind of a sweet spot now where teams have some pretty decent talent coming to them because of what Dave's talking about, where they just, they're falling down the board because nobody wants to pay them right now. So, yeah, and the demand is high. Yep, and, there, and there's a lot of them. So let's go and see who's next in the list. Let's go to the top next, the next two guys. Tank Bigsby is the next guy. And so Bigsby going to the Jaguars, the Eagles, the Falcons, the Bills. Number eight? Number eight of the Jets. How about we go down to these third and fourth round? Because this Yeah, that's more realistic. (laughs) Bigsby, you know, he's a good run blocker. He's a power runner. Um, You know, he's... He's someone that when he when he puts his foot in the ground, he can go. Um, doesn't make a whole lot of people miss behind the line of scrimmage or at the line of scrimmage, but if he can get get into his own scheme fit, I think he'll be just fine. Um, and I like his you know, mentality. He's a he's a physical runner, good pass blocker. Um, and for fantasy purposes, I'm just I don't you haven't seen it in the passing game. And you haven't seen some of the other things you're looking for. And I just don't know how he's going to translate. So I have him a little bit lower. Yeah, I I mean, the Cowboys, I think, makes sense. It's a little bit of a, a different skill set than what you see from Tony Pollard. So that at least changes some things up there. I think the Saints is an okay landing spot. You know, they've got two aging running backs in – Uh, you know, Alvin Kamara and his looming potential suspension with his altercation. They added Jamal Williams, but could he be a guy that kind of waits in the wings in the third round and next year after they move on from Jamal Williams, most likely after they move on from Alvin Kamara, he steps into a role there. Uh, I think both of those are pretty interesting landing spots uh, for a guy like, like Tank Bigsby. So, um, yeah, who's uh, who's next on the list? Roshan Johnson? Uh, it was Roshan Johnson. Yeah, I want it to be Izzy, but it's Roshan. All right. Let's go through the top 10 running backs, try to get through them a little faster, and then we'll get to the receivers. Um, He just wanted to do Charbonnet one more time. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Roshan Johnson. So, Roshan Johnson, um, you know, you see a lot of Jaguars out there. And so, like, everyone that has – like, I'm – I talked about it last time. You know, like if you have a running back, they're in danger. Everyone, everyone is in danger of getting some type of competition or sharing. And, you know, Mark Ingram talked about it. Like Mark Ingram said, the reason he's going to play 13 years in the NFL, because he shared backfields and, you know, you got teams that go to the playoffs. The last thing you want to do is you have one good running back. You have no depth at running back and you go to the NFL playoffs and your guy gets hurt. You know, like you saw ETN's usage was cut down quite a bit after those couple, you know, 30 touch games. Yep. And so I could easily see ETN getting a running mate in there. Doug Peterson's traditionally had, and it's not like it's going to be a 50, 50 split. It could be a 60, 40 or a 70, 30 
but don't expect ETN to be getting 30 carries a game. He's at 210 pounds. It's an 18 game season. It's tough. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Travis Etienne was a legitimate pass catcher in college. He did not really do that last year. He didn't get a lot of targets. So if they, if the Jaguars look at bringing in a guy like Roshan, he can get that heavy down work. And Travis Etienne, I think, would end up being more valuable as a fantasy asset with that addition because now it just means he's going to get that passing work, in my opinion. Uh, so I, I think there's there might be a win there for Travis Etienne if Roshan ends up going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. What do you think, Roshan Johnson to uh, Cleveland? I, if if kids are listening, plug their ears. I fucking love it. I love it. Let's think about this. Nick Chubb going on age 29. The Browns can save a significant amount of money if they move on from Nick Chubb. Starting next year, they do have Jerome Ford, the running back out of Cincinnati that they drafted last year, I think in the fourth or fifth round. Uh, But the addition to Roshan in that backfield, I think, is a very nice transition piece whenever they decide to move on from Nick Chubb and can be an absolute monster just from the fact of he doesn't have a ton of uh, miles on the legs because of the fact that he shared the backfield for three seasons with Bijan. But he also is a guy that looks really, really good. He's he's the same type of build. He's obviously a little bit taller than Nick Chubb is because uh, Nick Chubb's at 5'10 and Roshan's six foot. But that same kind of smashed mouth football is what he likes to play. So he would really transition, I think, pretty good with the offensive line that the Browns already have for run blocking. Yeah, and you got – he'll be 28 in December – um, so he's 27 currently in Nick Chubb. And for running backs, that's uh, getting a little old in the tooth. Yep. Damn it. What did I what did I miss? <laughs> um, we're, we're talking uh, IDP here, Gary. Just grab some popcorn and uh, and we got you covered. <laughs> um, they have no depth regardless. Feels like a nice piece. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and a lot of this comes down to, again, like when you, when you – like one of the fun parts about doing these mock drafts is trying to – like do different versions of it. Go early running back and see how it works out. And then you go, oh yeah, now I understand. Um, because you're sitting there going fifth round and like, is he having a kind of still available? Kendrick Miller still available? Okay. <laughs> I wish I didn't take, you know, a guy in the second round and then the opposite, you know, but like this class doesn't have a lot of tackles, doesn't have, you know, um, a, a lot of certain positions. So you're going to see other positions move back. But then the depth of this running back class, it's almost going to hurt themselves because you're going, I like I like all five of these guys. I'm just going to wait another round and take a, take one of these guys. And you're going to see them fall. And I don't, I, I don't know. It, it's going to be very interesting to see how the, the running backs shake up because I, I think the top four running backs, top three, well, top three running backs are pretty set. After that, it's a crapshoot on what everyone has because there's a lot of people with you know, Sean Tucker, some people have Debo McBride, and you can see it all right here. So, uh, Brad, let's go to the receivers. We're running a little bit longer on time. Yep. And so we got Jackson Smith and Jigba. He's the consensus number one going to Houston Texans. What are your thoughts about that? He goes to Houston with C.J. Stroud. That's the combination. Moving forward, that's going to be fantastic. This year, their offensive coordinator is... Do you know? 
I do not who know who D'Amico Ryan's brought in. And so it's it's going to be a you know a Shanahan disciple, Bobby Slavic. You excited? Yeah, I mean I'm excited for what we've seen with some of these reconnections. Uh, I'm excited that JSN is the top receiver on the board and going into a situation where he's going to be the guy. I think the coaching staff there. I well, I say the head coach I trust to be smart with how they run the team. Uh, I really liked D'Amico Ryans as a head coaching candidate. I love the addition of C.J. Stroud at the number two pick. So I think when you mar all those things together, they bring in Dalton Schultz to really help with some of that underneath stuff. They got Nico Nico Collins on the outside. Uh, Damian Pierce to take some of the load off of the quarterback, feeling the pressure because he can just smash mouth, run the football if they want. So I really do like the landing spot of JSN, even in year one, paired with his college quarterback, because that timing, that familiarity is there. They're learning the offense together. Uh, so I, I think it's a smash landing spot for him. And really probably, maybe not necessarily best case scenario, obviously. Maybe the Chiefs might be best case scenario or something like that. Uh, but I do think it's a good, good ends up being a good landing spot for him. Yeah, and I joke around with, with Slavic. I, I trust D'Amico Ryans to put together a, a good staff. It's just an unknown. Um, but if he's going to run that Kyle Shanahan type of an offense, they're going to rely heavily on the running game, and then they'll then they'll hit you with the you know hit you with the play action pass. I think that's going to be you know good for CJ Stroud's game, and I think for someone like JSN, it'll be a good first year. You may not see a great first year because he's not going to be on a great offense, yep. but it, it should be a good first year. Quentin Johnston goes to the Chargers. Love that. I, I love that. They need somebody that can break the top off of a defense. Keenan Allen's not doing it. They got Josh they got Josh Palmer. He's good, but Josh Palmer is he's he's not gonna be the guy. And then you have Mike Williams, who's he's a he is a deep threat, but he's not gonna blow the top off of an of, of a defense like a Jalen Hyatt or Quentin Johnston would. And so um, what are your thoughts here? If Quentin Johnston get, goes to the Chargers with Justin Herbert, your face tells me he's not going to be I, number two. Yeah, I, look, obviously that's a premier landing spot, right? You got one of the best young quarterbacks in the league throwing the football, a guy who's accurate, a guy who wants to throw down the field, a great, uh, all, you know, Great head coach, maybe not necessarily offensive coordinator. We'll kind of see how that uh, comes to fruition now uh, with the new coaching, the new uh, offensive philosophy coming in. We'll kind of see. But I just I'm fading Quentin Johnston. The more I watch, the more I read. I just don't know that I'm buying it. I actually like the pick further down the screen that you see in Marvin Mims for the Los Angeles Chargers than I do Quentin Johnston because I feel like Marvin Mims could have a role as soon as this year uh, in really what you're talking about, that field-stretching wide receiver. Quentin Johnston more fits the mold of Mike Williams. So what are you what are you going to do with him? You're going to put him in the slot. He doesn't create separation, so that's not really a great place for him to be necessarily, even though he will be up against some smaller corners. Uh, but I just – I'm not – I'm just 
starting to settle and cool off on Quentin Johnston a little yeah, bit. Well, from there's, a skill sorry, perspective. I didn't understand that. Siri doesn't understand. Siri doesn't I'm like it either. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, with Johnston, there's not a lot of, you know, you haven't seen a lot of big 12 receivers for Johnston or Mims translate to the NFL. Um, Move the sticks talked about it. Quentin Johnston and Jalen Hyatt, they might be more of Ted Ginn kind of a player. Um, more like maybe like a Deshaun Jackson. And so best ball, that's great. But as far as consistent fantasy production, you're probably going to get that better from the next two guys unless they land in these two landing spots. So because you bring up Ted Ginn, uh, Underdog Fantasy sponsor, uh, did a show with Steve Smith where he talked about, uh, uh, damn it, the small, oh, Jalen Hyatt. Uh, and the guys that he was on with kind of said, oh, you know, we we see a lot of Ted Ginn in him. And he said, hell no, it ain't even close. He's like, Ted Ginn could do anything we asked him to do. Jalen High can't do anything you would ask him to do. He said it was totally different style, totally different skill set. You know, the only thing they had in relation was speed, really. So I just wanted to throw that out there a little bit because – I've I've been watching some of Steve Smith's stuff on Underdog, and it's it's pretty it's pretty good. It's some insightful stuff for sure. But he's definitely got a play style he likes. To well, see. Let, let's uh, let's check Jordan Addison out. Um, Jordan Addison, the Baltimore Ravens are now. Um, hey, good call. If you can let us know who we talked about when we talked about Quentin Johnston, you can get some DGen points on here. Um, appreciate that. Gary, again, it's Ted Ginn. Ted Ginn is the answer. So Jordan Addison goes to the Baltimore Ravens. They just signed Odell Beckham Jr. They're potentially in the talks of getting DeAndre Hopkins. Let's go find him some other spots. Let's click that name and, and let's, let's get, let's get that Ravens off of him because I'm, I'm not liking it. Oh yeah. It's getting better. It's getting better. All right. You got the giants, you got the chiefs. The Steelers, I do think the Steelers add another receiver. They've notoriously had three receivers, and they you know, they don't always go in the first round. They likely get other guys. But um, I, I'm I'm a fan of, of them grabbing somebody like a Jordan Addison. They got the two outside receivers, Addison, or some someone like that could, could operate in the slot. Would hurt Pat Fryermuth quite a bit, but uh, I think it would be, be great for Kenny Pickett. Chiefs would be fire. Um, so, Brad, what are your thoughts here? Jordan Addison goes here. Is he your number two receiver, or is he already your number two? Uh, he's already my number two. Uh, if he goes to Kansas City, there's a good chance he ends up being my number one because I do have him in the same tier as JSN. Uh, so we've always talked about, like, landing spots aren't going to j- necessarily jump players from one tier to the next, but they could definitely move within that tier. So I think Kansas City, he would move to number one. And I'm, I'll tell you what, I don't hate the Baltimore landing spot. I, I get it. They added Odell. Odell can't stay healthy. Odell has not looked good in years. I know he had a great Super Bowl before he got hurt and all that. That, that was a year and a half ago. I, I don't care necessarily about that. When I turn around and look at the skill set that Jordan Addison has, versus really what the Baltimore Ravens need right now. Rashad Bateman, good route runner, but kind of that he's got a little speed to him, a little field stretching ability. 
Jordan Addison is the premier route runner of this draft. That is where he wins at all levels. So I think that'd be a great addition to also be able to get the Baltimore Ravens to pull their heads out of their rear ends and actually pay the quarterback that makes them what they are. Uh, so I, I I don't hate the the landing spot of the Baltimore Ravens at at 22. I obviously don't like it as much as the Kansas City Chiefs, but it's I, I don't think it's as bad as what maybe initial reaction is. Yeah, it's the reason I don't like it is just because there's a lot of question marks, and I do think the Todd Monken offense is going to be better um, and more you know more suited towards um, you know having some some fantasy relevant receivers. I like Bateman. You got Andrews, Bateman, and Odell Beckham haven't been able to stay healthy. But, you know, there's there's a lot of spots for Addison that I like. Um, you know, I like him going to the Chargers. And what I like about Addison versus some of the other players is he offers outside and inside skill set. I think he can translate really well to to the NFL. I know people are concerned about the size and him being a, you know, a bit of an outlier. In today's NFL, the receivers are getting smaller and smaller with the way that the game is played. And, you know, Devonta Smith was someone that was a huge outlier and people people really missed out. Um, Addison is, is not everybody, um, but Addison is one of those guys. And, you know, I think he's going to get, uh, you know, I think he can get a decent landing spot. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of places where you put him in Buffalo as the number two. I know Gabriel Davis is there. But he would be the number two immediately. Oh, yep. And then Gabriel Davis is a free agent next year. Um, so any of these guys going to Buffalo would be great in the first round. Um, you know, and, and in at the Giants, I mean, he would could possibly be the number one by the end of the season. So uh let's who's who's next on the list? Uh we got Zay Flowers, your boy. And let's let's click that name because I would I would I would not you don't want to talk about the baby. Not be very happy with Zay Flowers going there. Uh, to the Patriots, I, and I don't like Mac Jones. I I'm not like I don't think Bailey Zappi is going to lock anybody into you know fantasy football oh, Hall of Fame status. And then you got um, Juju Smith Schuster's in the slot. I just don't know. Zay Flowers to the Cowboys would hurt my heart. Um, but it, I would I'd be okay with it. The Bills, like I said, the Chargers. I would love that. Being able yep. to learn from Keenan Allen, be locked up with Justin Herbert, the Chiefs taking Juju's job instead of going and working with Juju. Love that. And, of course, I'd be super happy to see him go to my Giants. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the cop-out answer is obviously the Chiefs there. Uh, I, I do I, – I actually don't hate the landing spot for the Cowboys, mainly because – he really could be kind of a clone, just a little bit fat. No, well, maybe not faster, actually. He could be a clone to Brandon Cooks and really learn that position from a guy who's had a thousand yards in basically every offense that he's ever played in. I think that would be a great landing spot for the long term of Zay Flowers, maybe not necessarily this year, but to be able to learn from a guy like that who can teach you about all kinds of different offenses and how he's been successful at the, and really the same style and size profile that you are, I think it'd be a great landing spot for him. Yeah, no, I, I would love that. And, and Zay Flowers, I mean, there's people that have him as their number two. Some people have him as number five. He's yeah. kind of all over the board and the size scares people. And they would much rather go with a Quentin Johnson, more traditional size, 
or, you know, Jalen Hyatt, who put up some buku numbers last year. Um, so who's next on the list? We got Jalen Hyatt. Jalen Hyatt. And I had him going to the Houston, Texas in my mock draft as a second round pick. Um, I think that's probably all we're going to get is those four receivers in the in, in the props currently have it at 4.5 for um, how many receivers go in the first round. I think we only get four. There's only 31 picks. And a lot of these teams, again, you have to look at the entire board. Like it's easy to say like Baltimore goes and gets a receiver. They have five picks. The yep. Baltimore Ravens have five picks. And if they can go and get Odell Beckham Jr. in free agency, go and trade or wait for Hopkins to get cut, trade a late pick form or something, they traditionally go in the trenches with their first round picks, offensive and defensive line. And uh, then you have, you know, the next pick would be Josh Downs to Seattle. I love that because my player comp for Josh Downs is Tyler Lockett. And yep. so um, I, I love that pick. Downs is you know, another smaller receiver. He's not, you know, faced a lot of, you know, press man. He's he's done most of his work in the slot, just like Jalen Hyatt has. And uh, a guy that was really high on my board, and then I, I started to kind of fall, you know, fall down on him a little bit is Cedric Tillman. And I think Cedric Tillman could be better than Jalen Hyatt from a fantasy. And from an NFL perspective, he's not, he's definitely not going to wow you with his athleticism, but he is a yards after the catch, tough, you know, tough catch kind of a guy. And I I just love watching him play. Reminds me so much of one of my favorite players. And if you looked at my dynasty rosters on Dynasty Planet, I don't have as much anymore, but I used to have my number one owned roster. When I first did Dynasty Planet, my number one rostered player was Robert Woods. And that's what I see when I watch Cedric Tillman. He's a a nasty run blocker. I mean, he just – people have a tough time bringing this guy down, and he loves contact. He's a rare, tough guy at the receiver position. I put a tweet out yesterday or the day before just a did you know, right? Because you look at, at Cedric Tillman's production last season, it doesn't look great. Right. But if you go back and look at his past two seasons, he's only played 18 games in those two seasons. He has 15 touchdowns, 13 of those 18 games with over 50 yards. He put up 152 yards against Alabama and he put up 200 yards against Georgia, where he was primarily covered by Kale Ringo, who is a top tier cornerback in this draft. So this guy can produce, and the majority of Jalen Hyatt's production came when Cedric Tillman was out this season. So it's very questionable whether or not that Belenikoff award would have gone to Jalen Hyatt had Cedric Tillman been able to stay healthy the whole season. So, look, this dude put up really good numbers when he was on the field. He is an alpha size profile uh, so I, I, I agree. He is a steal with whoever gets him in the second round. Yeah. And so the next guy on the board is, uh, Rasheed Rice. And then you have Marvin Mims and, and Tank Dell. You know, I had, uh, you know, I had Rasheed Rice going to the Atlanta Falcons. I know they got some bigger, you know, a bigger receivers, give him another guy, but he can do all the underneath stuff. Um, I think a guy that is way too low on this list. There's a few guys. 
Michael Wilson, people need to know more about. I've seen him on a lot of a lot of rosters, a lot of moving up high on, on boards. And Jonathan Mingo. Jonathan Mingo is an Ole Miss receiver. People are saying he can go second round. He's not even in the top 100 picks here. Yep. Um, and then, wow, Kayshawn Boutte just continues to fall. Just continues yep. to fall. It, it's pretty crazy to see. Um, actually, Jonathan Mingo is higher than I, I, I didn't read that. So Mingo's a riser, and Michael Wilson's a riser, and then a faller, um, Kayshawn Boutte. And um, I mean, who else do you think is a, a faller here? Uh, Rakim Jarrett? Uh, well, I mean, he's definitely going below Dante Demas is a very interesting thing for me to see. He definitely, to me, seems like the better receiver than the two. Uh, but he may not necessarily have some of those attributes that are going to, you know, cause a team to come after him. Uh, I would love to see Parker Washington go in the third round. So seeing him go in the fourth makes me a little weary that he's not going to get utilized to his full potential. Uh, but yeah, definitely the Rakim Jarrett being below Dante Demas is a, an interesting thing for me. So let's check out the tight ends before we get out of here. All right. First tight end off the board is going to be Dalton Kincaid. Not on here. Yeah. Michael Mayer. Projection is number 15. Okay. So okay. we got Dalton Kincaid at 15, Michael Mayer, 28. What do you think about Dalton Kincaid going to the Green Bay Packers and Mayer going to the Bengals? Who would be your tight end one after that? Oh, man. I think I'd probably stick with Mayer in this situation, to be honest, because the the Bengals, I know they've got Irv Smith coming in, uh, you know, off of his injury. They've got him on a one-year deal, but Michael Mayer is going to come in and demand playing time immediately. Irv Smith's not blocking anybody. So I think Michael Mayer is going to get that playing time. He's going to get it early, and he's with a quarterback that I trust in Joe Burrow, whereas, yeah, Dalton Kincaid may be able to start day one, maybe not every snap because he's not the greatest blocker in the world, but he doesn't have a lot of target competition, which is good. But it's with Jordan Love. And I don't know that I trust Jordan Love to be able to really, truly produce multiple fantasy options, even if Kincaid happens to be the number two target on that team, which I, I don't know is going to be the case uh, there. So I, I'd still stick with Michael Mayer at number one for myself. Yeah. And for me, like the reason I would be concerned about the Bengals landing spot is there's so many, so many mouths to feed right now. And so like you could see some decent production, but you're not going to, you're not going to have somebody that gets a hundred targets. Um, and you're not going to get the targets that you want deep down the field. And so that's where I, I, I would prefer the Packers landing spot because I do think they're going to be automatically the number two or three, you know, target target getter on the field. Uh, Donald Washington, I've seen a lot of him going to the Lions. Um, that's where I have him projected. Um, Donald Washington to the Lions. What are your thoughts about that? Um, I mean, it makes sense. He's a bigger guy. He can help them block. They want to run the ball. They want to establish their dominance and use that to really lean, then set up Jamison Williams down the field, set up Amon Ra down the field. So I think it's the right fit for that offense and what they're looking to do. But I'm starting to really kind of fade Darnell Washington down my board. He's he's currently at tight end number five for me. 
so I, even though he's probably going to get some playing time right off the bat, I just don't think the tight end position is something that they're really super interested in because if they were, they would have kept TJ Hawkinson, who's a great blocker as well as playing tight end in the receiving game. So uh, I know he was coming up on contract and all, uh, and all that, but it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me if they were going to utilize the tight end position, the way that us fantasy managers hope teams do that, that Darnell Washington's going to all of a sudden give us more production than what TJ Hawkinson could. So I'm going to give Luke Musgrave a different landing spot because he is not going to go to the Bengals because they already drafted Michael Mayer. Luke Musgrave, I'm going to put you on the Dallas Cowboys. Brad, what are your thoughts about Luke Musgrave, Dallas Cowboys? Yeah, I think that's a great landing spot. I mean, you've you got to think about the vacated targets that are left by Dalton Schultz at the tight end position. He's going to be able to step in there. Now, I I I get it. But they do have a couple tight ends that looked pretty good behind Dalton Schultz, which I think is what kind of allowed them or made them feel comfortable with moving on. So I do think there's probably some target competition there for Luke Musgrave. He's clearly going to be the most athletic out of the three of them that are there. Uh, But I do think there's going to be a learning curve for him at the tight end position in the NFL that's going to take some time which I think is going to make him a value because you think about the signing of Brandon Cooks, he'll most likely be out of town by the time that Luke Musgrave really is able to, to fill in that tight end position the way that they want him to. Uh, but being it, the, having the opportunity to be the second, you know, the number two target in that offense, I think is definitely a plausibility for him there. Yeah. And let's be honest, a rookie tight end doing anything in fantasy football is not necessarily the ideal situation. So before we get out of here, just want to talk a little bit about these price check threads. Been doing them. And speaking of tight ends, Kyle Pitts, and let me know what do you think about the black and yellow, black and yellow with Khalifa. <laughs> um, we got Kyle Pitts going for the 106. Um, we got Kyle you sh- Pitts. You sharing your screen? Uh, yes, yes, we are. We are sharing the screen. And we're we're uh, removing this one, and go. then we're going to pull the other one up. There we go. Um, and so this is good for you guys to see. <laughs> um, Pitts, and then you got you got um, Pitts is going over everybody as as the number one tight end, but he's going for the one hundred six in your draft. So Brad, one hundred five or Kyle Pitts superflex. Kyle Pitts. That's, would you trade? So, uh, so here's here's one of these things we t- we've been talking about. Okay, would anybody take the 105 for Mark Andrews? I'm saying no. I, I don't know about what you're saying, Dave. But and yet you would take Kyle Pitts above Mark Andrews, but you take the 105 for Kyle Pitts. Like it just doesn't. Mathematically doesn't make a whole lot of friggin' sense. Well, and that's um, assuming everybody everybody did that. Uh, it's assuming everybody has Kyle Pitts as their number one tight end. Yep, and he's not mine. I mean, Mark Andrews is to me the clear number one. Like it's not even a question to me. Um, yeah. And but, so there's a lot yeah. of people on that thread that said that's like that was just wild. Yep. Um, Pacheco, I asked like, what's Pacheco worth? Apparently he's worth around the 204. Um, I put him up against uh, a, sorry to give everybody a, it seems a little high to me. 
Um, People weren't very interested in this one. I didn't get a lot of votes. So Kamara, Dylan, James Cook. Would you James? I would take James Cook over Pacheco. I would. Yeah. Tyler Algier. See, that's 50-50 to me. Between Algier and Pacheco, like it's the exact same situation to me. This one, this one was for you. I did personally for you. Yeah. Um Dobbins or Chubb. Dobbins or Pollard. Dobbins. Dobbins or Stevenson. Dobbins or Javante was was almost 50-50. Yeah. People apparently didn't know that I met Najee Harris here. Well, Come on, people. Damian? Really? Why would I put Damian Harris in between Javante Williams and DeAndre Swift? That's ridiculous. Damian Harris, like fantasy football, I don't even think about Damian Harris. <laughs> um, so you have Najee Harris. Uh, but that probably skewed some votes. Swift. Yep. And Henry, so like, what are your yeah. thoughts here? You're higher than than the majority on uh, on Dobbins. Do you think yeah, this is high I, I would, or you think? Yeah, I think that's about right. right. And I, I mean, I think it needs to be a little bit higher. To be honest, I would take Dobbins over Stevenson. I would take Dobbins over Pollard. I would take Dobbins over Chubb. Uh, I just think the age and the explosion. I think the situation's better. Um, you know, you really have a year to two with with Nick Chubb left and it's questionable whether or not I hope he does but it's questionable whether or not he gets another season in Cleveland Tony Pollard's on a one-year deal and they're going to be a 26 year old running back looking for a contract like I'm I'm rolling with with super young J.K. Dobbins at that point so I, I I mean I get it but I'm okay taking him a little higher than that so yeah Damian Pierce for the 203 yeah, I'm taking the 202 or the 203. Stevenson came out about the 108. 108. Ugh. God. See, I, I would take, and I'm, I moved Stevenson earlier this offseason, I would take any first I could get for Stevenson, to be honest. I just and don't know that. It, who wants to trust Bill Belichick and the running back situation. Like, uh, I just don't want to. I'm not interested in it. If I lose out, that's fine. But I'm not – Ramondre Stevenson's not winning me a, a championship anyway. So Tyler Algier for – I actually needed to add some. So remember the other day where we did – and you told me, like, he was pulling in some serious trades? Yep. I went and started really high, and people were like, why'd you start so high? <laughs> I'm like, well, I heard that he went for like the 109 in another league. Yep. I had to add. I had to add some because people were just not. Just getting there. <laughs> they were, I'm like, okay. Um, so Algier for the 207? Somewhere I mean, in around there. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't even find a spot for him. See, man. I'd keep him at that price. Like, what are you getting at the 207 that's better than the current situation that Tyler Algier's in? Like, and so, anyway. um, Gibson, oh, this hurts me so bad. And so, I mean, I, I know a guy, it. I know a guy in the real NFL <laughs> coach league that's got Gibson if you want him. Yeah, I, I, uh, I do. and apparently he's worth the 205. But I, I was like really surprised at um how much oh price chick. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um I, like how I it gave really, you a rubber chicken. <laughs> yeah, I was really surprised on um 
how many people were like, Gibson is so good. Why do people not do this? I'm like, do you not realize that Ron Rivera like hates him? Yeah, he doesn't care. Ron Rivera doesn't care that he is the I think far superior. They, they think Eric Bieniemy is going to unlock him, and I'm like, maybe like he gets traded. It's rookie, you know, rookie contracts about to be up. Yeah, Eric Bieniemy is going to get. He's going to like just go get his own back. Yeah, I, I just don't think Gibson's going to. I don't think he's going to be there, and who knows where he goes from there. So, Derek Carr for the 111. I'm Derek Carr all day long. All right. So everybody out there, Derek Carr, the 109. Derek Carr. Plus, uh, Derek, uh, it's 109 plus Desmond Ritter. Should I trade that to Bernie? All right. It's been, it's been a little longer than we were expected. As always, good luck this season. Cheers.